Welcome to another edition of the Thinking Spatially podcast, the Thinking Spatially podcast series where we think spatially across space and across time about key issues on our planet. Greetings. Joseph Kursky here with you to talk about David Livingstone, a European with a heart for Africa. David Livingstone, a European with a heart for Africa. Why do the accomplishments of missionary and explorer David Livingstone merit attention in the major discoveries that revolutionized geography? And indeed, why are we, why are we talking about him in the 21st century? Well, obviously, Livingstone didn't discover Africa. Africa has long been inhabited, and evidence exists that it is the birthplace of humanity, and therefore the continent inhabited for the longest time. However, most Europeans, even into the 19th century, knew very little about the African continent. Livingstone wasn't the first European to be interested in exploring Africa, yet his contributions to geographic understanding of Africa and of social issues were long-lasting. Livingstone was born near Glasgow, Scotland, in 1813, and from age 10 worked 14-hour days in a cotton mill. After becoming a doctor, he planned to travel to China, but the Opium War there in 1839 and 1840 caused him to travel to southern Africa instead. After several years there, he met a group of slave traders, whereupon he resolved that if he could open up Africa's interior to commerce, the slave trade would decline. The letters he wrote describing his first long expedition of 1,500 miles or 2,414 kilometers won him celebrity status in England and Scotland where they were read with great interest. In 1858, he cut his connections with the London Missionary Society, after which his explorations were supported by the British government and the Royal Geographical Society. He was the first European to document seeing Lake Nyasa, or Malawi, the upper reaches of the Zambezi and Congo rivers, and the magnificent waterfall Mosi Oatunya, the, quote, smoke that thunders, end quote, that he named for the British Queen, Victoria Falls. He traveled over 30,000 miles, or 48,280 kilometers, in Africa during his lifetime, mostly on foot. Pretty amazing. He helped fuel the long-standing European obsession with the finding of the source of the River Nile. He was one of the first Europeans to make a transcontinental journey from the Atlantic to the Indian Ocean. Europeans have been repeatedly thwarted, had been repeatedly thwarted on such attempts due to their susceptibility to malaria, dysentery, and sleeping sickness, the difficulty in using oxen and horses there, and also because of the opposition of powerful tribal chiefs and tribes, such as the Lunda of Mawata Kazembe and the Lozi. How did Livingstone manage it? Well, he traveled lightly, and his personality included the ability to reassure chiefs that he was not a threat. He made great progress in learning several African languages, which helped immensely as he required the help of Africans to accomplish his goals. He became close friends with many Africans and traveled extensively with them. He faced physical barriers such as the Kohora Basa Rapids on the River Zambezi, and other types of challenges such as a lack of funding when his Zambezi expedition was abandoned. He also faced extreme personal difficulty, beginning with a mauling by a lion during his first years there that permanently injured his left arm. Difficulties persist persisted right up to his last exped expedition, 
which was to discover the source of the Nile. After his supplies were stolen, he was forced to rely on slave traders, whose work he despised, for aid and transportation. He was also forced to eat his meals in a roped-off enclosure for the entertainment of the local people in return for food. Livingstone's most famous quote, I am prepared to go anywhere provided it be forward, epitomizes his tenacity. He completely lost contact with the outside world for six years, prompting the New York Herald newspaper in 1869 to send Henry Morton Stanley to find him. When he finally did find Livingstone, he reportedly uttered the famous phrase, Dr. Livingstone, I presume? Refusing to leave his beloved Africa, Livingstone died on this last expedition. Livingstone's accomplishments included the spread of the knowledge of the cultural and physical geography of Africa in all of its variety. Languages, customs, crops, landforms, rivers, climate, vegetation, wildlife, and much more. While some of Livingstone's observations of local customs were ethnocentric, and while his efforts helped in part fuel European imperialism on Africa, historian David McCullough cautions against judging historical figures from our modern viewpoints. Livingstone's writings make it clear that Africa included many fertile areas with sufficient rainfall for agriculture and contained skilled farmers, craftsmen, and traders. Livingstone also had a deep commitment to ending slavery. His legacy is intertwined with the complexities and issues, benefits and harm that imperialism brought Africa, but his work did help to open up Central Africa to missionaries who helped initiate education and health care for Africans. He envisioned not colonial rule, but settlements of dedicated Christian Europeans who would live among the people to help them work out ways of living that did not involve slavery. He was part of a movement that helped change the national British mindset from the notion of a divine right to rule, quote, lesser races, end quote, to ethical ideas in foreign policy. His belief in Africans help, helped advance feelings that, during the 20th century, helped in some ways foster the forces of African nationalism and independence. Livingstone's fame stemmed from many levels, including his work as a Protestant missionary, his rags-to-riches story and connection to working-class people, scientific investigator, explorer, and anti-slavery crusader. He was one of the first to make the link between malaria and mosquitoes, and one of the first to administer quinine in safe doses for malaria, tropical ulcer, and scurvy. After his death in 1873 in Zambia, his heart was buried in Africa, and his body brought back to be interred in Westminster Abbey in London. Like others I've described on this podcast and in the 100 Most Revolutionary Moments in Geography book, Livingstone traveled extensively and paid close attention to and worked with local people, for example, Lewis and Clark, Marco Polo, and others. Livingstone's 19th century explorations not only helped fill the map of Africa, but it led to health advances, changes in attitudes and policies about slavery, and a vast increase in cultural and physical geography knowledge about Africa. Thanks for listening to this Thinking Spatially podcast about David Livingstone, a European with a heart for Africa. David Livingstone. Thanks for listening.